Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today we begin a new series and title is Fighting to Eliminate Fear. Fighting to Eliminate Fear. Uh, fear just doesn't eliminate itself. It's, we need to fight to eliminate fear. And today's message, of course, is fear is real. Because fear is real. It really is. And I was, I was looking at information found on fear. And one uh, source said that fear actually is a distressing emotion. A distressing emotion that is that comes from uh, a person or uh, people who they uh, really they they think that there is trouble coming, evil coming, or pain coming, and so it might be in their mind, or it might be real. In other words, it might not ever happen, but it might happen. So they have fear. Another source said that fear is a normal emotion, a normal emotion that really, uh, that everybody needs because it's, it's given to us so that we can uh, keep ourselves from hurting ourselves. Now, that's good when you look on the Internet and when you look on, you know, uh, things to find out what they say about fear. Uh, but the, the most important thing is what does God say about fear? What does he say about fear? And, and the, the thing that's interesting is that, that God never said, this is a normal emotion that I want you all to have. I want you to really fear. You know, uh, now, you can't find that in this Bible. At least I haven't been able to find it. Uh, yeah, I just have not been able to find it. So I said, well, God, if people really believe that fear is a normal emotion, that they should have it in order for them to uh, make sure that they don't hurt themselves, that sounds good. But God is just not scripture. And so let's talk about it uh, in our introduction today. Let's talk about it a little bit because in his word, let's go to 1 John 4. Let's go there. And in the, in the fourth chapter 7th verse, it's very interesting uh, what it says. And I know you say probably that, well, I tell you what. I see a banner up there, and that banner reads, Our Greatest Love. You know, Happy Valentine's Day, Jesus, you know, celebrating our greatest love. And you're talking about fear. How are you talking about fear? And this is love month. This is love uh, celebrating Valentine's Day on Tuesday. I don't understand that. Why talk about fear? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to explain a little bit of it. 
uh, t- today. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not continue to love does not know God, for God is love. So it's telling us some information here about love. Then it says, by this, the love of God was manifest in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that he might live, we might live through him. And so that's love. God sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him could live through him and have eternal life. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sin. And when it says a perpetuation, it means he's a total sacrifice. Sin had to be paid for. It had to be paid for because of Adam's sin. And the only way we were going to be put back into right standing with with the Father is that the price had to be paid for man's sin. And, 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 and when it says man has to be, the price had to be paid, that's death. It had to be paid. But it can't be paid by just anybody. It had to be paid by God. But it had to be paid by man. And so God sent his only son. And so God is the son of man, but he's also the son of God. In other words, he's, he's all God, he's all man. And what it tells us, is that he then is a total satisfaction. And so we died in his place. The unrighteous for the righteous. The uh, unholy or the sinner for the saint. Jesus Christ never sinned, but we did. So he paid the price. Now, let's go down a little further in that chapter. And it says, in verse 13, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So when we have the spirit of God, which we do if we're born again, it tells us that we abide in, in the Father and the Father in us. So that means that, that we have this love relationship. We have this intimacy. We have this uh, uh, this relationship where we are one. Then it says in verse 16, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. So, so that abiding, that, that, that staying in God, and, and his love stand in us. God lives his life through us and his, his spirit is, is guiding us and, and he can love others through us. So that's what it's telling us. Then it says in verse 17, by this love is perfected. Okay, perfected it says. Perfected means it's, it is complete. It's complete with us so that we may have confidence 
in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. So as he is, and it says God is love, so are we in this world. So that tells me that on judgment day, I don't have to be concerned about anything. I don't have to be afraid of anything. I don't have to be afraid of judgment day because I am in him. He's in me. And the relationship that we lived out, we lived a love relationship out while I was on this earth. So he was able to love through me regardless of whether I wanted to love somebody or whether I didn't want to love somebody. It's not about me. It's about him and what he did. And so he was able to move and flow through me because I put his flesh under and I was able to allow him to love others through me. So he says that by this love is perfected. Okay, now let's go a little further. Verse 18. There is some fear. Does it say some fear? No fear in love. Zilch. None. There's no fear in love. But perfect love, that completed love, that relationship love that we are living out, he in us and we in him, the Holy Spirit moves us. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And some persons might say torment. You see? And God doesn't want us to fear. And it says that, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. And so, I said, okay, God then what others say that we need this fear in order to make sure we don't hurt ourselves, you say perfect love casts out fear. If we're in a love relationship with Jesus Christ, what father, what parent is going to allow things to happen to their child unnecessarily if they can do anything about it? No, no parent. Is going to do that. None. It's no point in fearing. It's no point in fearing judgment. It's no point in fearing anything because God is our Father. We have been adopted into the family of God and He's our source of protection. He's our source of provision. He's everything that we have a need of. That's what He is. That's the word God. That's pretty good. Uh, that means that I see why you say to your disciples and everybody you say, the first thing you tell them, fear not. Doesn't it? Fear not. Fear not. That's what he says. He didn't say fear because it's healthy for you. Does he? No. He hasn't told anybody that. He said fear not. Whether you're a center, whether you're whoever it is, uh, he doesn't want you to fear because he wants you to trust in him. And that's what we have. And that's who we have as a father. We have someone who tells us 
that you don't have to be concerned about uh, this evil that's coming up that might come up because he says that sufficient today is the evil thereof. So we don't need to be thinking about t- tomorrow what's going to happen then and, and what's going to happen if, if, the, if, if it snows uh, 15 feet. You know, we might not be to, you know, get in and, and if I don't go to the grocery store and get some food, everybody going to get everything before I get there. You know, we don't, we don't have to be concerned about that. We don't have to be because our Father tells us uh, what to do, doesn't he? He tells us what to do and when to do it and how to do it. So that, that's, that's after that. That's good. Uh, let's turn to Second uh, t- uh, Timothy. Let's go to Second Timothy. Chapter 1. Verse 5. <coughs> this is a interesting verse here. <coughs> It says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it, it is in you also. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God. Which is in you through the laying on of my hand. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Now, that, that, that word timidity, uh, in the King James, it says fear. This is a Greek word which means cowardice. Yeah. Cowardice. We're afraid. And it says that God hasn't given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. So what should we fear? What shall we fear if God has said, I haven't given you a spirit of fear? So uh, do we need fear? Or should we really, as the, uh, the, the, the title of the series, we need to eliminate fear? Do we need to eliminate fear? Or do we need to embrace fear? What do you think? You don't know, huh? Okay. That's okay. It'll be fine. You know? We'll, we'll read some more of the word. We'll read some more of the word. Let's go to uh, Proverbs. That's a wisdom, wisdom book. Proverbs chapter 29. Let's go there. Verse 25. We're talking about a little about fear. It says, the fear of man is a good thing. Is that what it says? It doesn't say that. No, it doesn't. The fear of man brings a snare. A snare is a trap. And you put bait in a trap and hoping that whatever you're trying to catch is going to Take the bait and then get trapped. That's what you're hoping. And it says that the fear of man brings a snare. But he who trusts, let's place confidence in now. 
reliability, your security, he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Now, exalted means you become inaccessible. You become uh, placed on high. That's what it means, to set on high. That means that God is protecting you. He who fears man, it brings a snare. But he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Should we embrace fear? Okay, we'll keep, keep reading. I see. I see you must be talking. To, you probably looked on the Internet today and saw where, where you should embrace fear. Okay. Now, here's a, 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 a scripture that I didn't have in my notes. But it's okay. I'm going to go to Jeremiah chapter 17. And I think it's verse maybe five. I think I want to go there. It's a, it's a very interesting verse that relates to what we're, what we're talking about. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord. Thus says who? The Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in mankind, who makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. So God says, cursed is in a man who puts trust in mankind. See, God wants us to trust him. He, he wants total trust in him. And see, for us, it's easier sometimes to trust somebody we can see because we say we can depend on them because they're here. They're, they'll be here for me. I can call on them uh, any time of the or night or whatever, and they're going to they're gonna be there for me. They're, they're relatives. You know, they, they love me. It might be your parents. It might be your siblings. It might be uh, your, your children. You know, but God says, cursed is the man who put trust in mankind and makes flesh his trust. Isn't that something? That means that I'm supposed to be teaching my daughters. We're supposed to be teaching our daughters. Do not Trust in us. Right? Do not trust in us. Put your trust in God. What are you going to do to save, deliver, and help your child? And your child might be in Missouri somewhere. And they have an automobile accident or something. What are you going to do? Only thing you can do is pray. That's it. You can't do nothing else. You're not there. You can get on a bus. You can get on a plane. You can drive there yourself. But you might not even make it there if it's, if it's not for God. We have to put our trust in God. We've got to teach our children to put their trust in God and not trust in us. Because we're just humans. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I make mistakes. Huh? I don't know about you, but I make mistakes. And I know as much as I want to, I want to hear the voice of God clearly that I know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, with whom to do it with. In other words, I can, I want to be able to tell my children, this is the right way, walk in it, this is not the right way. But how many of you know we miss it sometimes? Yeah, we do. Regardless of, of how genuine we are, we miss it sometimes. Because sometimes we think it's a, it's a good thing when our children say, hey, how about if I do this right here? What do you think? He says, seems good to me. Oh, you know, it's all right. But see, it might not be because it depends upon what God is saying about the situation because he knows all. He knows all. And so we have to ask him. So we need to put our trust in God and not put our trust in any man whatsoever. And, and as much as, uh, you, you know, you want to, you say, well, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You should be saying that, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, that sounds good. And, and I, I do want you to do that. But how many know that you better have some common sense? Because I miss it sometimes. And so I want to be able to say to my children, to my wife, follow me as I follow Christ. But I haven't arrived yet. I'm headed in a direction, but uh, that way, but I haven't arrived. So I want to be able to say, follow Christ. Let's follow him together. Let's pass things off each other and, and, and bounce things off each other and see what we're getting. Because it's all about the word of God. Because if, if the word of God says one thing, and we're doing another, we are missing God. Would you agree with that? We're missing God. So I don't know. Uh, that's what I want my children to do, is I want them to learn to seek God on their own. And it's very tempting to have an answer for everything for them and to tell them exactly what to do and what not to do. Well, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Well, why wouldn't you? Well, I just don't think that's, that's good. Well, did God say that? No, I haven't asked him yet. Well, then why are you giving me information that you haven't asked God? Right? Well, I have experience. Well, we have experience missing God. We have experience hidden God, don't we? So I'm telling you, teach your children, teach people that, hey, look, we're going to follow God. Be imitators of God as dear children. That's what the word of God says. Be imitators of God as dear children. That's what I want. That's what I want to do. Now, here's another verse that's, that's very, very interesting. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Let's go there. About, about fear now. We're, we're talking on fear, even though we're talking about love. 
in verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. God brought us out of that, didn't he? When we got born again, we got born into the kingdom of God. We're now God's children. We're now being led by the Spirit of God. We have no fear because as uh, the person who was uh, doing the, the transition, John was saying, well, hey, look, he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the great I am. He's the Lord over the angels. What can Satan do apart from God allowing him to do? Nothing. His time is limited. God can send an angel and, and put him in chains and throw him in a pit anytime he wants to do it. Anytime he wants to do it. Because God is the ruler of all things. He's the creator of all things. And so we have not been given a spirit of fear again. And, and again, the kind of spirit of slavery leading to fear. God, we're going to eliminate fear. That's what we want to do. Eliminate fear. Because uh, if you know it or not, people are fearful. People are fearful. And I'm fearful in certain areas. That's why uh, I tell people I never leave it door in this church open, ever, in the 20, going on 20 years now that I've been responsible for this building that usually lasts one leave a lot of times. I've never left it open because I never leave my doors open at home. Never, ever. They, they lock. And I check them two, three, four times. Now, see something wrong with me. You see, uh, what is my problem? You know, like Brandon said, hey, concentrate, Daddy, focus. If you go to this door and you, you touch it and you say, it's locked, don't head towards the thermostat, you check that, then go back to the door and check it again. You're purring out, something wrong. I said, okay, you're right. I know. You're right. Yeah. You're right. See, when, when I was growing up, I used to watch all these Scary movies. I don't know. You probably, y'all probably didn't watch. They probably didn't even have. They don't, probably don't have those now. Uh, but, you know, the Hound of Baskerville, you know, we had this Franklin Stein, you know, Werewolf, you know. And, and uh, man, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to sleep. Uh, you know, I'm scared. Hey, man, something's going to get me. You know, something's going to get me. And so I want to check all the doors. I want to check everything, the windows, make sure, you know, nothing get in because, I'm afraid of the werewolf or, or Frankenstein I get. You know? Now, now, see, uh, I don't know about you. Have you ever had children that say, oh, don't cut the light off. You know, don't cut the light. Uh, give me a night light or something, you know, because uh, uh, I'm scared of the dog. Y'all seen kids scared of the dog? Why do you think they're afraid of a dog? The, the dog is just like light to Jesus, isn't it? There's no difference. So why are they afraid of the dog? For some reason, 
They, they see fear come. Fear come. But it's not coming by God. Not at all. It's not coming by God. Let me, let me get one of the, the, the last ones. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Let's go there. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole, the full arm of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So you don't have to worry about no werewolf coming to get you. You know, because our flesh, you know, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is who we're fighting against. And believe me, Satan wants us to fear. Guaranteed. Because he knows that fear is going to nullify faith. That's what it's going to do. It's impossible to, to fear man and trust God. It's impossible to, to start to say, I fear all these things, but I trust God. No, if you trust God, you don't fear. You don't fear. So that's what we have to, to learn is that Fear is of the devil. It's of the evil one. That, that's, what, that's what he wants us to, get, to be doing is fearing, 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 fearing. So therefore, and sometimes we put that on our children, you know, all, all the fear and things like that. And because this was what I tell them, I say, hey, uh, you don't need to go be walking in the dark, you know. Why not? Got street lights. Yeah, there, there, there are people out here. There are evil people out there. Well, I got God's my protection. Well, you need to be wise, though. As a parent, that's what you tell you. You need to be wise, don't we? Yeah. You need to be wise. Yeah. Is that true? We need to be wise? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we tell them, hey, walk with somebody else. You know, don't go by yourself. Just walk with somebody else. Yeah. But now, what does God say? Don't be putting fear in my children. But yes, wisdom and Proverbs is full of wisdom. But we're not going to be afraid of man. We're not going to be afraid of going to, you know, uh, I guess the Blackwater Creek and, and, and going there in the daytime. Uh, and see, that's what I'm thinking. Man, you know, this thing go way downtown. Uh, people might be lurking on the side, want to reach out and grab you. And they said, damn, ain't nobody going to be reaching out and grabbing anybody. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, you might not struggle with fear. But I'm telling you, the enemy wants to put that on all of us because he doesn't want us trusting totally in God. That's what he doesn't want. And that's what Jesus says. Fear not. Fear not. When did you begin to doubt? When did you begin to doubt? 
Peter, I told you to come. I told you to come. You were coming. Everything was going well. The storm was raging. You could see the wind before you got out of the boat. If you were concerned about the wind, why get out of the boat? Right? So, I mean, you've been up here a long time. Y'all been in the middle of the lake a long time. And I'm coming, walking on water. I'm going to try to rescue you. But, but don't get out of the boat if you're afraid. Peter jumped out of the boat, started walking, as we talked about last week. And he began to doubt because of what he saw. God says, fear not. I don't want you in fear. I want you in faith. I want you trusting me for whatever it is, for your health, for the health of your loved ones, uh, for your finances. I want you trusting in me. I want you to do what I have said because how many of you know once we say, well, we trust God and then we find what God says in his word and we say, "Woo, my goodness gracious, I trust God, but this, is, this doesn't make sense, you know, to, to do what he says in, in the Bible here because if I do that, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to be up the creek. Right? And sometimes it's like that, isn't it? Whether it's our health, whether it's our finances, right? Can God lead you financially if he wants to increase you? If you're praying, God, I need finances. Help me, Lord. You know, I'm, I, I, need, I need more money. And he says, okay. And you go about two, three weeks, three months, three years, whatever it is. And then he said, hey, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to give, you know, uh, $5,000 to this uh, minister over here. And you said, oh, get behind me, Satan. Oh, no, no, no. 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 Can't do that. I thought you said you need more money. Yeah. Did, didn't, he, didn't he tell the rich young ruler that? Hey, what, what, do, I, what do I have to do? To have eternal life. Well, obey the commandments. You know the commandments. Oh, I've done that for my youth up. I've done that. Well, I'll tell you what to do. I want you to give all you have to the poor and come follow me. He's, oh, oh, no. No, no, no. You're just telling me that because you know I have a lot of property. No, I'm not doing that. That doesn't have anything to do with me having eternal life. Is that so? Jesus said this is what he wants them to do. Have you ever wondered who that 12th person might have been that took Judas, that would have taken Judas' place instead of Matthias? You wonder who that might could have been? Because he says, do this. Do, do you know that God has done nothing or asked for nothing that he didn't give something in return. When he said, hey, Peter, let me, let me borrow your boat. I want you to go out from the shore. I, what I want to do, these people are getting too close to me, and, and I need to uh, get a little, a little bit away from them and then talk to them. And he said, okay, Lord. And so he, he gets in the boat, and they move out a little bit from the shore. Then he, he, he teaches 
Then he said, okay, I'm through, Peter. Lunch out into the deep. Hey, Lord, I don't need to lunch out for no deep. We just came back in this morning, and we fished all night. We caught nothing. Didn't I say lunch out? He said, okay, nevertheless, I'll lunch out. And then he lunches out. And then he says, okay, catch the net. He casts the net. Then so many fish, he had to call his, his partners. And then he, he said, oh, God, uh, just, I, I'm just a man of unclean lips. In other words, he said, man, God, you are God. Whatever you say do, I need to do it because you have all the treasures of wisdom, doesn't it? He can command the first fish that you catch to have enough for your taxes, you know? And you, you kind of wonder, say, well, how did, he, how did he know to catch this fish with that money? Because all the fish, it could have been, if it was only one fish, or did all the fish have money in his mouth? I wonder what it was. Have you ever thought of that? You know, think about it sometime. You know? Yeah. Because you say, and take, take, take the money out and pay tax for me and you too. And you say, wow. Yeah. See, he can, he can cause whatever he wants to cause. Can he? Yeah, he can do that. So we want to trust in God. And it takes faith to trust in God. It takes faith to follow this word because this word is contrary to a lot of things we've been taught in the world system and that we believe that makes sense and don't make sense. This word is contrary to a lot of that. And it takes faith to do what God says to do. Do you know that? It does take faith to do what God says to do. It really does. So let's work on how, uh, eradicating fear, eliminating fear, because it's, it'll sabotage our faith. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call.